windows. The Bucks got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. These Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys and girls. Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nothing spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow, he's going to make Sports Center with an incredible Jarvis Jones, a game winner, got it. Ball game, East Tennessee State's going to leave on another They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? You're handsome, you have the perfect amount of scruff, and you still have no talent. It's Sandos in the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Sandos in the sidekick with you on a Wednesday afternoon. It is ever popular hump day. I don't know if that's popular, okay. but anyway, it's hump day. So Wednesday, that means tomorrow's Thursday. And guess what? Friday getaway day for me and Austin Heron because we head down the road to Macon, Georgia. For I'm going to take an extra little women's soccer Friday night as uh, ETSU women's team will be in semifinal action there. Saturday, obviously, ETSU football kicking off 3 o'clock pregame show at 1.30. But uh, we don't get too far ahead of ourselves because we've got Lando's Land coming up. We're also going to talk a little college basketball, right? We had a nice event last night, uh, pasta and practice. Mark Adams, I did get him to commit to yes. coming on the podcast, and yes. he said he didn't even mind uh, maybe beginning of the year, a mid-year, and an end year. So, All right, great. Uh, volunteering himself to be on the show multiple times. We haven't been on once yet, so I don't know that he would come back again. Let's talk about the event last night a little bit because not a lot of people were there, I know, simply because it's more of an exclusive. I don't want you to ruin anything and make it where it's not so exclusive and everything, but Mark Adams certainly seems like a very energetic and passionate person, correct? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely he is. Um, the thing – so he does some uh, – it's a little bit of hybrid everything. So he does. he's having the analytics and figuring out because he was a mid-major basketball coach at uh, Central uh, Connecticut. Um, and so the big thing for him was trying to figure out, like, you know, how to get home games, what are the budgets, why the, the teams that win always seem to win. And it's all correlation. And his thing was basically legalized collusion, right? So the, the – the, the bigger schools monopolize the money, monopolize buying home games. The more home games you win, the more games you win, the more tournaments you go to, the more money you get. You reinvest that, and they've kind of just boxed them in majors out. I mean, I, he didn't say anything that wasn't shocking or that people don't know. I think that was another one of his points was, I'm not telling you anything you probably don't already know, but he broke it down to hard numbers. Another thing is did some motivational things. Uh, talked about so it was a little bit of everything. Told great stories, mm-hmm. uh, very entertaining, and and the fact he's an analyst and it was a rah rah guy for the for the event and the Bucks and all that. So it was a great event. I had met him once or twice just where his early days of broadcasting to take him into some Southern Conference games. But I thought it was nice insight into watching a team practice. Coach Forbes kind of walking you through some things, giving you an in depth look at some of the drills and terminology and all that for the for the really diehard basketball people. For the normal fan, I think they were just excited to see the team. Yeah, right? Here's sure. a good look at the team. Here's what they do. Then you get a little bit of Mark Adams, and there was some auction to raise some money, some nice gifts and prizes that you could bid on there. So it was it was a, a fun basketball kind of kickoff event. Of course, they teed up and kick it off Friday night in exhibition game. Uh, do need to get your tickets. There will be no streaming of that. will be no audio of that. That's 
Coach Forbes kind of wanted it that way. If yeah. you want to see the team uh, before they play November 6th against Georgia State, you've got to come uh, to uh, Freedom Hall for that contest. So a lot going on this weekend, you know, women's soccer, volleyball, this is where it really Men's soccer, to basketball, up, yeah. men, the women that I don't think uh, has an exhibition. I think they're doing a couple close scrimmages, so no exhibitions there. And then, uh, you know, they're going to play basketball for real next weekend, and everything truly is a, a crossover season at that point in time. Yeah, no question about it. And, and you're right. I mean, it does all start this weekend. Uh, and women's soccer has a chance to go down and take a conference title, go to the NCAA tournament. They've been to one championship game in program history before. That was two years ago in 2016 under Adam Sayers is now the winningest coach in ETSU history, uh, past that 80-win mark, um, boy, just a couple of weeks ago. So that was a very joyous occasion. And then volleyball we've got tonight. Uh, they have a, a huge matchup against UNCG. They're a team that they've already beaten once, and UNCG did not present much of a threat um, in, the, uh, in, in the first matchup. And I think here in the second, ETSU will feel like they're favored once again, but they've lost just five times all year. They're 21-5. and five. 10-1 and one in the SoCon. Really right now, the runaway favorite to take this conference regular season championship, which would be their second in three years. They've gotten a title each of the last two, the regular season championship in 2016, and then the postseason championship where they went to the NCAAs in 2017. And then you talked about you know men's soccer. Uh, you've got the bye for the postseason into next weekend, which is being hosted right here in Johnson City. So you've got that on the 9th and the 11th, and you've got volleyball on the 10th of November. It's it just it's coming fast and furious. I had a chance to talk with Brittany Azell. That'll be on the Southern Conference Digital Network. Um, I think it's tomorrow or the day after, but basically we taped Media Day. You had a chance to talk to Steve Forbes for Media Day as well. I'll be doing radio for women's basketball this year. You, of course, on men's basketball. And, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's hard to really delineate and sift your way through all that's going on to come up with the most important stuff because you're talking postseason for a lot of um, the programs that have had a ton of success, including volleyball and men's soccer, women's soccer. But then you're also uh, – you know, with women's basketball, men's basketball, excited for that to start. And as we mentioned, we've we've got some big guests coming up not only today but next week. And as we preview more, we'll have Steve Forbes on and start to get into audio with him, much likely we do with Randy Sanders. So I don't know. It's kind of overload right now, but hopefully we're spreading ourselves just thin enough to cover everything. Well, and that's we haven't even talked about football it's, yet it's today. Time, yeah, <laughs> it is the time of year where it truly gets going. Now the spring's got a little bit of it, but there's just not as many. Ticketed sports is maybe the best way to word it uh, because you look at it's men's and women's basketball, baseball, softball, and then you get really an outdoor track and field, mm-hmm. golf, tennis. You know, they're, they're just not the crowds at those events, obviously, than what you're talking about with the soccer, especially at Summer Taylor Stadium. Brooks Jam has a huge advantage when uh, volleyball's there. Then, of course, mm-hmm. women's basketball in Air Freedom Hall. We'll get a look at that on Friday night. And uh, didn't have to add a whole lot of new things to Freedom Hall. Where they've done things the last several years. So I think people know what to expect at Freedom Hall. And, of course, with football kind of rocking and rolling, and it could go into, depending on how the results go, that could move into late November yeah. to early December and carry that crossover season uh, even further. Yeah, and, I mean, that that presents a whole new group of challenges for us in the athletic department and all, and all that. But also I think just the fact that we're able to think about that and talk about that is extremely exciting because it, it was kind of unfathomable coming into this year. And Austin Herring talked about post-game um, with Robert Harper down in the sidelines after the unbelievable victory over Western Carolina 45-43. He kind of feels like this is divine intervention this year. And so uh, I I don't – really see it any other way either right I mean it, it's it's really unexplainable and we've tried to explain it and we've got a stat here that really just kind of uh, 
highlights exactly how special this has been. Uh, seven win teams in the country. Uh, North Dakota State, they're eight and zero. Kennesaw State, they're seven and one. Those are the top two teams in the land. UC Davis, seven and one. Colgate, seven and zero. They're number eleven. Princeton, number fourteen, seven and zero. Number twenty, Dartmouth, seven and zero. And those two teams are those two teams facing off this week or is that yeah, next yeah no it's Dartmouth that's this Princeton. week. We have Princeton Dartmouth this week, so that's a uh, ranked matchup. And then Al- Alcorn State, seven and two. Uh, they're actually unranked but ETSU of course sitting at uh, number 22 in the polls and so uh, you've got a ton of ranked teams that are in there then Alcorn State is just on the outside ETSU the lowest ranked team of those teams that are ranked that have seven wins which I again I think will draw the ire of some ETSU fans and some around the program as well but as Randy Sanders says says so what now what rankings don't matter all that matters is what happens during those 60 minutes of play and against Mercer this weekend and we'll have a conversation with Bobby Lamb coming up tomorrow but uh, that will be a huge import what happens during those 60 minutes and perhaps beyond you and me I both think this will be a a one score game uh, one way or another and ETSU certainly comes in as the healthier team at least it looks like uh, on paper but they also have to go on the road where things are always tough well and you know ETSU still I know they've they've figured out how to win on the road but they've got to figure out how to be better especially offensively on the road and I think they got a great chance a lot of injuries offensive and defensive side of the ball for the Mercer Bears for whatever reason you know, Mercer had a couple good linebackers that graduated, but they still returned. Isaiah Bueller is a very talented defensive end. Uh, Will Conaway is one of the top uh, leaders and tacklers. Uh, and, and then they lost one of their best secondary corner guys because they moved him over to the offensive side of the mm. ball and Stefan Huza. And so he's making plays offensively. With Bobby Lamb, you kind of know what you get. You're going to get offense, right? He's going to do some things that a lot of folks remember – Heck, when he played at, at Furman and was a quarterback here in the Dome, and he coached for Furman uh, when the Bucks were still in the Southern Conference, and, and certainly they've seen at Mercer his creativity in the offensive game, and that's something that Coach Lamb is going to figure out no matter what quarterback's in there, no matter if T. Mitchell, the starting tailback, is going to be a go or not. He's going to figure out a way. they got a very talented freshman that uh, – that was a fun fact I think we got from Rick Cameron, the fact that uh, – uh, Durden was actually drafted and played minor league yeah. baseball in uh, rookie ball for the Red Sox before he realized, eh, maybe I don't like the minor league. I'd rather go uh, do something else. So he just remembered, hey, sometimes guys like that fall in your lap. Six foot three receiver can really run as a freshman. Marquise Irvin's back. They got still a lot of talent, especially uh, the wideouts and the tailbacks. And I, I would say your quarterbacks, right? You have a Jerry Rice finalist in last year's freshman of the year. Uh, and Kalen Riley, and then of course he wasn't even good enough to beat out another freshman uh, that was in the Robert Riddle. So you got those guys battling out. And so if those are your top two, what do you know about Harrison Frost, who is the number three? I mean, how talented is he then? If those are the top two, I, he could very well just be a placeholder, but he also could present some very difficult situations and be well, you right don't with have those tape, guys. right? And you you, yeah. you have a couple of quarters of tape on yep. him. And that's it. And yep. then you got to try to figure out, okay, well, and, and a lot of things that Robert Riddle did well, Riley did not do well, and, of course, vice versa. So the so offense switched a little bit, yeah. right? So what, who Frost? do you prepare for? Do you have to watch tape and go, okay, if he's a thrower, it's more of the Robert Riddle offense. If he's a, a little bit of a dual threat guy. And not that they absolutely run Kalen Riley with a lot of zone reads and he's getting 15, 20 carries, but it's four or five enough to keep you honest. And, again, he, he – you know, he's not an athlete like Tyree Adams, but he can tuck it and go if need be and can be able to pick up, a, you know, elude a sack and pick up yards. You know, don't know a lot about Frost other than the end of the Wofford game. I'm going to try to watch that on Thursday, as I always do, 
I'll watch the opposing team on Thursday and try to. I've already seen, the good news is when you get to this point in the year, I've already seen a couple of games of Mercer. Um, I, I saw them against Citadel. I saw them against West Carolina. Right. Now I'm going to watch the Wofford, so I have three games under my belt, and I think I'll have a little bit better uh, breakdown on Friday when we get into that show. Uh, bold predictions and other things. More football when we're back with Lando's land. He's actually able to make it this week. Good ah, him. good for him to get out of a meeting, right? So yep. land and Owen, we will crush him. Uh, probably start with his Mets. That's what we usually do, right? Figure out a way to make fun of them. Then we'll get into football. Put another failure of a season in the rearview well, mirror with baseball I'll, finally concluding. I'll say this. If, and he teased Princeton Darkness. So if he uh, – last week, if he does not go there, I'm absolutely going to wear him out because he was the one that kind of teased that last week. My As guess is should. that's where he's going to go. As you mentioned, 7-0, 7-0, 14 versus 20 in the Ivy League. And since there is no playoffs for the Ivy League, the conference champions just get to celebrate and go nowhere. This could be the game that – determines who is the Ivy League champion. Lando's Land on Sandos and the Sidekick. Don't forget to subscribe to us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. We're back after this time. Out to your award for the Buccaneers. Sports Network. Congrats. You made it. Through National Ice Cream Day, National Hot Dog Day, and even National Sunglasses Day, you took on the heat, took care of the yard, and even took a vacation. But now it's October, and you finally have a chance to breathe. And with that chance to breathe also comes a chance for fun when you play new October Instant Games. Pick up one of four new games for a chance to win $1,000 up to a million dollars. Fall into some fun with new October Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed bucks tickets to cheer on my team. Learn more about Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Bank your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! Are you having fun at bad time? Mm, you smell fresh as spring. Hey, Frank, is this lettuce ready for the customers? No. No, not yet. Frank, they're perfect. Let go of the cart. No. Frank, now. But I didn't get to say goodbye. At Food City, our produce experts are passionate about offering the freshest fruits and vegetables around. We're Food City, and we're very picky about produce. Today and every day, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day. 
Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. for Lando's Land. The good news is for his team, they're not in the Bryce Harper sweepstakes, right? You don't have to worry about spending about 400 mil on a guy hitting 220. Bad news is I think my cubbies are in on the bid, so uh, maybe that'll not plan out for me. But Lando, baseball season's over. Boston Red Sox champions, no shock there. Now, if you weren't fully tuned in to football, you certainly are now. Yeah, uh, we were pretty much fully tuned in, but, you know, what, what can you say about the Red Sox? I mean, they just steamrolled um, the two best teams in baseball outside of them. And uh, it knocked off the Yankees, too, for that matter, right? So, I mean, what team knocked off 300-win teams uh, in one playoffs and did it in, what, two games over the minimum? It, it kind of nuts. So, uh, where do they stand? The question is not how, uh, how great they are this year, but where they stand historically. And that was quite a season, and now I look forward to the offseason. Like you said, Matt's probably not going to go spend some Freddie coupons uh, on Bryce Harper. But, uh, hey, we hired an agent for our GM, so we got that going for us. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's the good news there. The better news for you, Syracuse basketball about to tip it off. Uh, basketball season, believe it or not, Tuesday. Bucks will be on the road at Georgia State. But full swing with the Tuesday, November 6th start. Yeah, excited, man. But, hey, let's pump the brakes on Syracuse basketball. we got a ranked football team for the first time in 17 years. So that's pretty exciting up there. Good time of year to be a Syracuse guy. Uh, excited to watch both teams as they progress towards. And who knows, a couple of weeks we might be headed to New York City if both teams can hold serve. And there might be a good matchup, Notre Dame-Syracuse at Yankee Stadium on the horizon. So let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. We've got a lot of football to play between now and then, too. Well, that's exactly what we do on this show. We get ahead of ourselves. If you're unfamiliar yes, with Lando's Land, basically Landon Owen, uh, I try to guess uh, several uh, of the top matchups in college football. He will tell me if I'm right or wrong and where he's going to go, what we're going to do, where we're going to play golf, where we're going to eat, all the good fun stuff. Uh, and we'll do it for major college football and we'll do it for, uh, you know, 1AA, Division two, Division three, whatever the next best game is. So that's how we do. And I'll make him uh, pick games. He was very good early. And then uh, reality sort of set in towards uh, the end. And I did read something where Vegas had the best uh, best month of its entire existence taking uh, people to cleaners. So, I, yeah, I don't feel so bad now, but I promise you last week I redeemed myself. If, if we wrote down and we went back and watched tape, which I'm going to do as soon as we're done here, uh, <laughs> I'm going I'm to send you a little text and see how the tape breaks down with the project, projections from last week. But I believe I hit Oklahoma State. Uh, I believe I hit Mississippi State. Hit uh, a couple others in there too. So uh, I'll give myself a pat on the back for that. All right. Well, I can tell you we're not going to go with Syracuse Wake Forest. So we'll go ahead and take that one off the board for you. Uh, but there are at least I think four or five games. Uh, four games. Both teams are ranked. The one that isn't, and so I'm saying you will not go there. But it's certainly an interesting one. Is Notre Dame number three in the country at Northwestern? Yeah, this is the one that could put a hiccup in the 
uh, in the game day coming to Yankee Stadium uh, or Times Square realm. Northwestern coming off wins against Wisconsin. They're really playing well right now, and they get the benefit of playing it on campus. Seems like every Notre Dame game they play on the road is at a neutral site, uh, but not this one. So tricky game there. Northwestern probably have the crowd, even though Notre Dame on Chicago probably more than they do. Um, but, you know, just like I said, getting on campus versus a Wrigley or a Soldier Field is a big thing for them. But, yes, we are going to pass on that one. All right. Then uh, there, there's two ranked opponents, and I think if things would have played out a little differently, would have made, as always, it would have been with Texas losing last week. I think they're out of the running for your game of the week. They're number 15. They host number 12, West Virginia. Still should be an entertaining football game, but I'm I'm guessing you're not going there. And I'm also going to say you're not going to go to Ann Arbor, to Michigan, Penn State. And, again, I think Penn State doesn't lose to Michigan State. Then maybe that's a little more intriguing. Penn State, the tough loss against Ohio State. Michigan, obviously, first loss of the year against Notre Dame. Uh, but those are two intriguing ball games that will have a lot to say on which one of those teams maybe uh, wins their conference championship but not get enough for Lando's land. I'd say you're pretty much right on the money. Uh, Big Ten, you know, you really got I mean, it's got to be like the matchup of the millennia to, to get me interested in that. And there's been some good ones, I'll be honest. Uh, it was great to watch Purdue thump Ohio State a few weeks ago. I'm sure a lot of people reveled in that if you're not from Columbus uh, or from the great state of OHIO. Uh, West Virginia, uh, intriguing team. Uh, they bounced back nice against Baylor. Uh, Texas, a little disappointing, uh, but they have bounced back well. So, uh, and they get the benefit of playing at home. So, tough trip for the Mounties to head out to Texas. Uh, that's the Big 12 peril for them, uh, that they do have some road trips that do take a toll. And this might be one of them. So, I'll take Texas in that one, and I'll take your Michigan Wolverines to prevail against the Nittany Lions. All right, then that leaves uh, the only two uh, games left. And these are the two I narrowed it down to. Uh, number six, Georgia at number 11, Kentucky. The winner of that obviously has the inside track to the SEC. As a matter of fact, Kentucky wins it. They've wrapped up no matter what they do. Their lone conference game left is Tennessee, and it wouldn't matter if they lost that because they would hold the tiebreaker over Georgia and Florida. Then you have the uh, a, a battle which was at least about every, what, fourth year. It's the, the, the game of the decade. It's Alabama on the road at number four LSU. It's a night game in Baton Rouge. So I'm going to guess and do the cop-out of one versus four Alabama, LSU over Georgia, Kentucky. Am I right? Uh, no. Oh, Why would you be right? Why would, your, your, your prognostication is about as good as mine was last month. Um, yeah, no, I, we've been saying it all year, right? We look for special environments to go visit. We talked about Lane Stadium on Thursday night, though that didn't work out well for the Hokies last week. Um, we've talked about West Point. We've talked about um, uh, some of the whiteout at Penn State that we were going up there. And we've said all year, Death Valley at night, big matchup. That's where you got to be. And what bigger does it get um, to play the number one team in the country, your biggest rival, on a Saturday night in November? It doesn't. And except for the fact that when has this ever happened at Kentucky? You know, it's, it's November. They're playing in a game to – to send themselves to, to Atlanta for the SEC championship, that comes around once a century, it seems. Uh, it's certainly never come around in my lifetime. And it seems like LSU and Alabama, every time they get together, it's one of these games. So we're certainly not downplaying that. That's obviously the game of the year uh, to this point. But this is this is a 
once in a generation type game going up to Lexington. And uh, even if you're if you're just a fan of college football, go get in that environment because you could go to LSU anytime. Uh, certainly, again, not downplaying that place, but. Uh, you know, plus it's a little closer. Uh, we can play some good golf on the way up there, too. So uh, we're going to the Bluegrass, and we're going to see if Kentucky can close the deal. Yeah, I think that's going to be an outstanding uh, atmosphere, right? It's not just a, a basketball school, or at least for this season, it's not a basketball school. So should be an electric atmosphere. They're going to have some, a chance to do something I don't think they've done since the 50s. Uh, if I if I read that correctly, not you know I'm not a very good reader, Landon. We all know that. So uh, let's just let's talk a little bit of food, a little bit of golf. Uh, I mean, there's got to be several. Actually, could we not hit two, three, four places on the way up? We could probably find some places to play. Yeah, um, there's a nice little spot uh, if you're going through the Cumberland Gap, uh, which is probably the easiest way for us to get there. Uh, take a little detour off of that. There's a little place called Wasioto Winds. It's part of Kentucky State Parks system uh, at Pine Pine Mountain or something like that. Um, played it last year. Nice little track. Uh, good value. Um, and then once you get up into Lexington, you got the, the, the big cat courses. Uh, you got Griffin's Gate up there, Cherry Blossom. There's some good stuff up there in Lexington. So, uh, yeah, we might have to have a little layover up there for a couple of days, maybe get some car trouble. Uh, tell the wives. Uh, I don't know about you, but... Uh, uh, I, my truck's been a little unreliable lately, so if we got stuck up there for a couple of days, it might not be a bad thing. Well, I mean, I can make my car unreliable if you need to. I mean, it's a <laughs> little bit of an older model, so I'm not afraid to do that. I mean, if you're asking me to twist my arm to come up with an excuse to play more golf, I think you know me better than that. Well, we could probably do that. You got anywhere you like to go eat up there? You know, I don't, uh, and I've been up there several times, uh, and I've tried different places, but uh, not one off the top of my head that uh, just screams, you got to stop here. Yeah. I remember spending some time there and eating some Kentucky hot brown sandwiches. Uh, those were those were good things. I do remember them fondly. So uh, we'll just have to find a little local watering hole. Maybe on Facebook you guys can leave us some comments and uh, let us know where we should go when in Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah, what should you do when you're in the bluegrass state, right? Well, let's uh, quickly turn the page. We're talking to Landon Owens, Lando's Land. Now, last week you sort of teased our uh, FCS game of the week if everything held out. So I'm going to just say you're going to continue with the top 25 Ivy League battle, Dartmouth and Princeton. Yeah, uh, you got two undefeated teams from the Ivy League going head-to-head. They don't go to playoffs still, is that correct? They still do not. not. They do not. So this is uh, the de facto championship game in the Ivy League this year. Uh, Harvard's been a pretty good team. They actually played two close games against the, both of these teams. Uh, but Princeton's been rolling people. Uh, last week we talked about Boston College and what a beautiful campus that is. Um, folks, if you haven't been to Princeton, uh, take the detour. If you're going to Philadelphia or you're going to New York City, ride down the train and uh, get on NJ Transit, ride down to Princeton. stops right on campus. But that place, I tell you what, you could walk around there for, for days and just be amazed by the architecture, by the environment. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of smart people down there, too. Uh, great restaurant town. Really, really cool place. So uh, when in Princeton, when in Rome, uh definitely make the effort to get over there but uh, we're going to take the Tigers uh, they're playing great you know, they've got some NFL talent on that team as well so uh, you see them pop up and they got a cool little stadium too if you haven't seen that check that out uh, but I'm sure it'll be on TV somewhere as well so we'll go Tigers and uh, and they'll get the job done alright Landon we appreciate the time as always Lando's Land. we'll talk to you next week
My pleasure. Thank you, Jack. All right, that'll do it. Don't forget, coming up next after this quick timeout, we're going to talk mid-major college basketball. Very special guest. We'll do it right after this timeout. This is Sandos and the Sidekick on the Buccaneer Sports Network. Ballot Health is an integrated health care system built to meet the local needs in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Together with community, we are transforming our region. We're making communities healthier. We're expanding access to critical services in rural areas. And we're investing in health research and medical education. It's your story. We're listening. Ballot Health is proud to be the official health care provider of ETSU Athletics, Go Bucks! The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's Restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 1216 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Wendy's has an all-new... You had me at Wendy's. Good, because Wendy's has a new bacon cheeseburger, and it's called... You had me at bacon. Well, what if I told you Wendy's kept going and added a smoky, tangy sauce, and it's called the Sawsome Bacon... You had me at Sawsome. It's called the Sawsome Bacon Classic. Sawsome Bacon Classic? Sounds amazing. Why didn't you just say that from the start? Also, if you download the Wendy's app, you'll get special offers like $2 off any combo. Huh, well, now you have me downloading the Wendy's app. At participating Wendy's for a limited time. Mulliken Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulliken's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson's Kidding locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulliken Flooring. Bucks fans and football fans across the country can now design their dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you create custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from 10 home and building structures designed with over 50 popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. General Shale, a proud supporter of ETSU Athletics. New coach, new era, new day. Here from ETSU football head man Randy Sanders, all fall on the ETSU Coaches Show now on Wednesday nights. If you're scared by all the change, don't be. Voice of the Bucks, Jay Sando, still host from Wild Wing Cafe, and it's still a 6 o'clock start now every Wednesday throughout the football season. Morristown native and new ETSU football head coach Randy Sanders on the ETSU Coaches Show right here on WXSM AM 640. The Extreme Sports Monster.
Sandos and the sidekick. Sandos out for a moment after he carried last segment with Landon Owen from Crystal Motor Speedway. I am Mike Gallagher, the sidekick aforementioned. And Russell Steinberg is our guest at this time. We are doing a basketball breakdown going into the upcoming season. Last week we did more of an SEC uh, look into basketball. This week it's mid-major on a national stage. SB Nation and mid-major madness. Here's our conversation with Russell Steinberg. His Twitter bio reads, taller than Kevin Hart, shorter than Kevin Durant. But the list of places he covers college basketball is closer to Durant than Hart. Mid-major madness, SB Nation, high post hoops, and a dime back. Russell Steinberg to talk the landscape of mid-major basketball in the national scene as our college basketball preview continues on Santos and the Sidekick. Last week, Blake Lovell talked SEC. Now we go national with Russell. Thanks for the time, sir. Thank you for having me. What does the success of mid-majors last year, Russell, maybe the best year in the tournament for mid-majors in its history, do for this large subgroup of college basketball entering the 2018-19 season, in your opinion? Uh, well, it, it does a couple of things. It, in, in the short term, so this season in particular, I think it gets a lot more um, eyeballs on places where they haven't really been in the past. I mean, I think for the first time, really, that I could remember, people are getting excited over – excuse me, over, for example, Nevada's game at Loyola Chicago. I think if that happened any other year, maybe it would be like me and five other people excited about it. Now everyone is. Uh, so that that's, I think, in, in the short term, you know, more people paying attention to mid-majors. In the long term, I think these individual programs, you can see how they sort of grow and evolve capitalizing off of one really successful tournament. I mean, you look at the... Uh, Teams that have made those final four runs in the past, uh, VCU, Butler, Wichita State, they're all in bigger conferences now. And they have all, you know, translated that into uh, extended runs. So I think long term it has a bigger effect for the individual schools. Short term, I think it gets people a little bit more excited, which is great to see. The AP Top 25 came out just recently under a mid-major lens. What were your general, general impressions of it? Uh, wasn't surprised to see uh, Gonzaga and Nevada where they were. I think personally, I would put, I mean, they're like 1A and 1B in terms of the best teams outside of, say, those major seven conferences. Um, so wasn't surprised there. I think people give Gonzaga the edge right now a little bit just because of that late acquisition of Geno Crandall. Um, from South Dakota, I think that kind of puts them over the top, but you can't ignore what Nevada is bringing back in, you know, the Martin Twins, Jordan Caroline. They signed a five-star uh, recruit, highest-rated recruit in their history uh, in any sport coming in this year. So I think both of them are legitimate Final Four threats. Uh, wasn't surprised that they were the only two from outside of the major seven conferences to be ranked in the preseason, but if you noticed, uh, Loyola is that first team out. Uh, San Diego State and Buffalo uh, and Marshall as well also getting votes. I wouldn't be surprised to see any of them in the top 25 at some point this season. I would say keep an eye on Marshall to break through early because they do have a couple of big opportunities on their schedule games that they can win. Um, and just because I think Buffalo is the best team in the weakest conference out of those four, uh, they have a really good shot of it being ranked at some point as well. But to start, no, no real big surprises, and I think mid-majors 
know by now uh, that in order to get respect, they have to prove it in season first. Of course, the AP Top 25 is one thing. We think your Top 25 at Mid-Major Madness is more important. Give us a look at that, including where you have ETSU and Russell. I know you have ETSU in the poll, correct? Um, I, we don't in the Russell. preseason. Russell! <laughs> hey, I, I am just one voter. <laughs> I, we, there's 11 or 12 of us. Um, honestly, I can't remember if I ranked them. <laughs> but... As far as our poll goes, we've been uh, revealing one team a day, every weekday. Um, coming up on the top ten right now, we just released number eight, Davidson, this morning. Um, I think as you get towards, you know, the top five or so, it's going to be pretty predictable as to who is there. I think the teams that I mentioned a moment ago, you're all you're going to see all of them, um, as well as a couple other uh, big ones. I think South Dakota State um, is coming up in a couple of days, mainly because they return uh, player Mike Dom, who I think if he played in the Power Five would be um, getting more consideration for a National Player of the Year type, but that's just not... Um, I mean, you play in South Dakota, that's what you sacrifice, I guess. Um, but, yeah, the you know, the, our, our top 25, it's a it's an early snapshot. I mean, it doesn't mean a whole lot right now other than it gets people talking about things. I think once we start seeing teams play a few games, um, minds will change. I, I was really surprised in our poll that we didn't have Ryder, for example, in the top 25. I think they're going to be a fantastic team, and I think they'll be ranked pretty soon. So look for a lot of movement in these polls in the first few weeks, and if you want to see ETSU, um, it's what we tell uh, fans of every team win your games and will notice so they will certainly have a shot well everyone in johnson city has their eyebrows raised right now russell because 16th in the poll at the end of last year and unranked this year you gotta help me out because i'm sure there's some that are listening to this right now and there are very passionate fans here in johnson city that are uh, more than a little upset about that can you give me a view into why that is and just in general with mid-majors being as loaded as they are just how difficult it can be to get into this poll Oh, it, it can be insanely difficult, especially because you look at, you know, the, the term mid-major, it'll sound weird for me to say this, I don't like that term. Mm -hmm. um, I can't control what the site is called, unfortunately. Um, I don't like that term because I don't know what the definition of it is. Uh, for the purposes of our site, we call it anything outside of the Power Five, Big East, and American. Um, and there's still, still so much variation there between, say, uh, uh, you know, in Atlantic 10 and the Mountain West and some of these other conferences. So, you know, the, in that respect, it is tough. As far as ETSU goes, I mean, Blue Ribbon has them picked third in their conference. I, you know what, it, I've learned to never doubt Steve Forbes. I wouldn't be surprised to see them um, build their way up. Uh, they did lose a few starters from last season, um, but I think mainly the reason they maybe got overlooked wasn't so much anything about them, but more about uh, some of the other teams who came on strong at the end of last year uh, and really surprised some people. But they'll they'll make it in. I wouldn't worry too much about it if I was a uh, an ETSU fan, and I know they're very passionate because we hear them on Twitter all the time. <laughs> I'm I'm not surprised by that at all, Russell. Uh, we talk about the mid-majors, and you've alluded to it a couple times. 
we talked with Blake Lovell last week about the SEC perhaps being better than it's ever been with all the national attention and with some of the attention that mid-majors have gotten, quote-unquote mid-majors, in the AP Top 25 poll. Do you believe the same can be said for mid-majors being stronger than they've ever been? Um, I, I think so. I think in, in some ways they, they certainly can. And the question is whether this is the beginning of a trend or whether this is sort of a, a blip on the radar here. Um, I think, I mean, obviously Gonzaga's Gonzaga. They're not even a mid-major anymore, really, but I guess for the purposes of this discussion, they are. Uh, Nevada has been built into something that's really strong, and we know they're going to stay competitive as long as Eric Musselman is there. But beyond that, I don't know. I don't know what we could say about, um, you know, say Marshall, um, the team that has a, one of the best players in the country and John Elmore, and we'll see. They're going to be very good this year. Uh, we'll see how long that lasts. Or Western Kentucky, which is suddenly recruiting at a level that doesn't make sense for their league. Um, so I, I don't know how long it's going to last. And what, what makes it, um, what makes the future even cloudier is, and you, you hear national guys talk about it all the time, the seemingly growing gap between uh, the Power Five slash Big East, and to an extent the American, and the rest of college basketball and I think that makes a big difference and it will continue to make a difference going forward especially as those conferences renegotiate their television contracts um, and whatnot over the next few years I mean at the end of the day if you're making you know if every team in your conference is being handed 10 million dollars a year and you know the teams in conference USA are getting peanuts compared to that uh that's going to show itself on the court eventually uh, even more than it already has. So I, d I don't know what the long-term picture is, but at least in the short term, this is going to be a very exciting year for mid-majors. Well, you make a good point. And to kind of dovetail off of that, it seems like there needs to be some kind of in-between between the quote-unquote power fives and the mid-majors. For instance, Gonzaga and St. Mary's, I always take a look at these polls and say I'm not sure that I'd really – consider these teams mid-majors anymore do you feel like they if you were to redefine uh, from your website and how you currently define uh, mid-majors if you were to make a new definition of that would they be included are they just really in there right now because of the legacy that that definition has uh, if you would not believe how often we have had this discussion this exact discussion internally um, among us because there's nothing about, say, Gonzaga or St. Mary's that says mid-major except for the conference they play in. And we cover them because we cover the West Coast Conference. And it doesn't make sense for us as a site to cover the West Coast Conference and ignore Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Right. So that's why we cover them, um, and we, we don't apologize for that. Um, I don't know the right way to define what a mid-major is, and we have tried. I think... <laughs> ultimately what it comes down to wherever that boundary is it's in terms of money and i looked at actually spent a lot of time looking over the summer at how much money college basketball programs report that they make each year and how much that they spend and of course you know pretty much every 
Power Five school, every Big East school is in that top chunk uh, nationally, and the so-called mid-majors are not, but there are exceptions, like Gonzaga, um, I, like BYU, like some uh, Atlantic 10 teams. But, you know, where do you draw that line? I, I don't know, but I think it would ultimately be a money thing because, let's face it, Gonzaga has a lot more resources than Furman does. So is it fair to group those two schools together? I I don't think so because Gonzaga has so many more built-in advantages than they do. Now, at, at the same time, I think it's good to have schools like Gonzaga in there because it does give legitimate mid-major schools something, a model to strive for. It shows that they can be successful at this level of college basketball. And we've heard so many programs from around the country uh, say we want to be the Gonzaga of the South, the Gonzaga of the East Coast. Um, and, you know, it's good for them uh, for trying it. It's a lot easier said than done, but it, it's good to have something to strive for like that. Yeah, it certainly creates a culture of competition. couple general ones for you, Russell. We're talking with Russell Steinberg of SB Nation, High Post, Hoops a Dime Back, and Mid-Major Madness here on Sandos and the Psyche. A couple general ones before we let you go. Who are the best players in Mid-Major basketball this year? Ah, good question. One of them I mentioned earlier is Mike Dom, a second team. I believe he's going to be a second team all-american this year uh rui hachimura of gonzaga the martin twins from nevada those are the guys that you've heard of that obviously you're going to hear more from a couple under the radar guys uh really like dylan windler from belmont uh chris clemens from campbell actually if you have an opportunity to watch campbell at all this year watch chris clemens because he will put on a show and i think he's uh He's about my height, which is it's, it's, there's something to be said about someone who can succeed at, at any level of college basketball uh, like that. So th- those are a couple others to watch. Uh, top storylines, and if you're to look forward to March, how many mid-majors do you believe get in? Just to give a very high-level umbrella look, and if you have to tally up all the automatic bids, we can forget automatic bids if you like, but some of the better teams in mid-major ball this year that you believe will make some noise come March, and then the top storylines for those to watch. All right, so in terms of teams to watch, I think, you, yeah, you have all, all the automatic bids. I think the West Coast Conference gets a second team in this year, and I think that's going to be BYU. Uh, I think St. Mary's takes a significant step back this year, which is okay. We always know that they'll reload. Um, so I think West Coast Conference is a two-bid league. Mountain West is a two-bid league because Nevada's obviously the runaway favorite. Uh, I think San Diego State, maybe even New Mexico could make a play as well. New Mexico's bringing in a whole bunch of really good transfers. They're going to be a fun team to watch. Uh, Atlantic Town will find a way to get a few teams in. Uh, Davidson and St. Louis in particular look like the two best. Don't count out George Mason. Uh, And Conference USA has a chance. It would probably be the least likely, but I think Marshall, uh, Western Kentucky, and even Old Dominion uh, could all make a play out in that large bid. So those would be the teams that I would look for. Uh, As far as the storylines go, um, I Honestly, I love Conference USA. I just said it. I think the top four or five teams in that conference are going to be a lot of fun um, to try and kind of figure out 
as the season goes. Um, I think the power structure in the Atlantic 10, however that ends up shaking out, will be fun. Um, and I guess just personally, it's something that I enjoy watching. We have two teams this year new to Division One in Cal Baptist in North Alabama. I want to see what they could bring to the table. Oh, and sorry, one more thing. Uh, a whole bunch of teams, particularly in the Southland, now eligible for the NCAA tournament. So I want to see... Uh, if we could get some new names uh, in the field this March. Chance for you to plug everything you do, Russell. Floor is yours. Just let us know where they can find you. Sure. Well, you could follow me on Twitter at Russ, R-U-S-S underscore Steinberg, S-T-E-I-N-B-E-R-G. The blog Midmajor Madness at mid underscore madness. Uh, that's where I will do most of uh, my work, of course, SB Nation. Um, as a whole, I'll pop in there a few times this year at bnation.com slash college basketball. Um, that's pretty much everything that's going to be uh, relevant for the mid-major college basketball world. So definitely give us a look at uh, midmajormadness.com in particular. Well, your job is not easy. We'll try and make sure ETSU fans take it easy on you for the lack of top 25 votes to get them in the poll because it's getting tougher and tougher to do what you do. Russell, thanks so much for the time. All right, thank you for having me on. Well, for shame, Russell Steinberg, for not putting ETSU in the top 25 in the Mid-Major Madness poll, but it is loaded, and as we talked about with Russell, very difficult and getting even more difficult to get into that poll. Here's how it stands right now, and you heard him say, because we taped this interview last week, that Davidson was the last team revealed in that top 25. They were number eight. Let's just count it down from 25. Number 25, Harvard. Number 24, Vermont. There's Old Dominion, who we talked about a bit there at the end. Number 23, Northeastern. Number 22, North Texas. Number 21, Rhode Island. Number 20, then the first... Um, SoCon team that we see, uh, bottom end of the top 25, but Wofford, number 19. St. Mary's, perhaps a little lower than some are used to seeing. Um, Russell mentioned it that they have to cover the West Coast Conference, but at number 18, St. Mary's and Gonzaga may maybe not being quote-unquote mid-majors anymore. If you're not a mid-major, 18 is pretty low to not be a mid-major in the mid-major poll, and he thinks they're taking a step back this year. New Mexico, a team to watch. He talked about number 17. Belmont, number 16. St. Louis, number 15, also a team to watch. Georgia State, number 14. Then number 13, Montana, the SoCon favorite. I know we don't like to hear that here in Johnson City, but the SoCon favorite in the mid-major madness poll in many places that you look at UNCG at number 12. Western Carolina, or excuse me, Western Kentucky, number 11. Illinois State, number 10. SDSU, that's San Diego State, number 9. Then there was Davidson, who was the last team revealed when we were talking, number 8. He thinks that's a team to watch. And since we chatted with Russell, Buffalo, number 7. Marshall, number 6. BYU, number 5. Loyola, number 4. Uh, San Diego, or San Diego State. South Dakota State, number 3. Another team to watch. And they haven't revealed That's a guy two. we're familiar with, too, by the way. They still got... Uh, 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 Mike Dems, who's a possible uh, NBA player. Mike Dom, yep, yep, yeah, absolutely. Dom, when yep. I say Dems, Dom, Dems, yeah. Dom, you're Number sorry. two and number one have not been revealed, but I think you and me are both in agreement. That's probably Nevada and Gonzaga. Yeah, Nevada number two, Gonzaga number one, I'd be shocked. I mean, they could flip-flop. Nevada had an outstanding run at the end of last year, but my guess is it'll be Gonzaga as usual, number one, which they're the – the fact they're still mid-majors is incredible. I mean, and he makes a good point. When you become a number one seed, I think it's over. He makes a good point that you can't just take Gonzaga out and then cover the rest of the West Coast Conference, right? I mean, yeah, you could take the West Coast Conference out, but say some teams jump up, it's like, well, okay. Okay, but my argument is if you have a league where there's multi-bids. Okay, so like the West Coast Conference and the Mountain West, he said, would be multi-bid leagues. No longer Multi-bid leagues, generally that's not been major. There were only four conferences outside what they call the Power Seven that had that. 
So that still leaves you, let's see, how many conferences? There's 26 conferences, Something I want to say. Like that. Tw- 29. There's 29. 29 conferences, right? And then the independents make 30. So there's 29 conferences. So you're taking, in essence, like 11 conferences out, right? But when you get multi-bid team leagues, that's a different animal than what the Southern Conference and the Big South and the OVC and the um, – Atlantic Sun and all the, the those uh, types, Patriot League, the Northeast. I, I'm just – I think it's different. I think it's different. Once you get multi-teams in, I, I think it's just a different animal. ETSU not in the top 25, your thoughts? And, you know, they weren't last year. They And, again – the year at number 16. If you look at things from the outside as national writers, they, go, they lost their starting five. Right. That's all they're going to see. Lost starting five, boom, out. And that's exactly what Russell said. Oh, he lost a few starters. Well, yeah, but they also – have you not been paying attention to Steve Forbes? would be my argument. But he also did say, and this is good on Russell, never count out Steve Forbes. Every year it seems like he accomplishes something bigger, something newer, something better with this program. And ETSU fans are hoping that once again that's the case and they get back to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. But I, I, I'm not – again, the preseason rankings are where they are. We saw the Bucks made a – I think because the Bucks did make a little bit of noise last couple of years, going to tournament two years ago, getting in the polls and stuff last year, the win streak, I think it will not, as it took football a long time to get into, my thoughts is it would not take ETSU basketball a long time to get in the mid-major top 25, winning just a few games early. I mean, heck, they probably just look at Francis Alonzo and Fletcher McGee are back. There's your two teams in the top 25. Just not Tabor Bradford isn't back, and it could have been just as easy as that, quite honestly. Well, yeah, and, and the truth is that right ETSU plays a couple of uh, uh, schools that they would have a shot to make some noise. If they go to Georgia State, who's a tournament team, it returns a bunch of people, win that game, then the next big opponent would be Creighton. I mean, if you, you start Illinois. off 3-0 and you got those two wins on the board, yeah. I don't think it takes long before somebody puts you up there. Agreed. All right, that was Sanders' second. I almost said that, did it? No, we got another segment, don't we? Yeah, you're all confused. Is this the uh, segment we don't really know what it is? Bucks by Bucks. Bucks by Butterbean last week. We'll find out what it is. Trey Adams will talk about I have no idea. We'll talk about that with him after this time. And don't forget to download SoundCloud iTunes. This is Sanders' sidekick on the Buccaneer Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges. Or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. Purchasing a new home, remodeling your home, First Bank and Trust makes applying for a loan easy. Our online application process is designed to allow you to stop anytime and pick up where you left off when it works for you. And after you submit an online application, you can check your loan status anytime. Visit or call me, Rose Fulton, today for help with your purchase, refinance, construction, or home loan. We're there for all your mortgage needs because we're your bank for life. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. This is the Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather drank. When I was your age, we were. This is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this. This is the Pepsi for American pastimes. Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway, he scores! This is the Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for every generation. 
Known for its personalized service and friendliness, the environment at the Johnson City Country Club is comfortable, casual, and inviting. One of the greatest assets is the beautiful clubhouse. From the sweeping verandas, the fireplace in the massive ballroom, to our intimate private dining rooms to our 19th hole. The clubhouse accommodates all desires. For decades, the Johnson City Country Club has been host to numerous wedding receptions, business meetings, golf outings, and an array of social functions. The setting is ideal for any event in any season. Whether your function is large or small, your guests will enjoy a fine dining experience with professional, courteous attention. The Johnson City Country Club, a tradition since 1913. No one knows better than the Bucks what it takes to compete on the college level. No one knows better than Bullseye what it takes to compete in the business market. At Bullseye, we provide innovative products and services to help our customers meet their business objectives, and you can count on us for graphic design, printing, mailing services, and much more. Bullseye, a preferred partner of the ETSU Athletic Department. Call Bullseye in Johnson City at 423-283-7772 or visit us on Hanover Road near Cheddar's. Bullseye, for all your printing needs. Our Halloween music, a great lead-in to Where's Waldo. I'm assuming that's what he's dressed like today, right? It's Halloween. Is that what Trey Adams is dressed Trey, like? Trey, why aren't you dressed like that today? Oh, he's not. I don't know. I, I missed Did the opportunity. Did you remember it was Halloween? No, I didn't. I didn't either, quite honestly, when I woke up. All the days kind of blend together. Yeah, everything goes together now. So We've left you, left you about three minutes. Okay. I, what, is it, what is it today? Bucks by what? Bucks by Billy Bob. Thornton. Billy Bob. Okay. Oh, I was going to ask which one. There's a lot of Billy Bobs. Yeah, a lot of Billy Bobs. Billy Bob that. Thornton, yes. So, so, okay. this, so is this Bucks by Billy Bob about Billy Bob's movies? Because I'm going to make a recommendation that the title matches the subject. And that may make it a bit more difficult for you to name in the future. Uh, it has nothing to do with Billy okay. Bob Thornton. Well, but okay. we're, we're, we're staying in the sports realm here. Uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about really quick, I wanted to ask you guys, you know, have you, have you noticed more recently the trend of sports arenas, how they've kind of – change their lighting the arena is darker uh, you know you've got the basketball courts lit up beautifully and then outside uh, where the fans are it's darker you can't really see the fans does that take away from the experience of watching a game on television I haven't noticed that have you noticed that no I, I, I'll say this most I, I think the NBA arenas do a great job of focusing so when you watch a game you see the court like they're in a so you think that's a good thing I do. I, I I think it. Well, I think it makes you focus on the court. Uh, anything. So I don't know if that's a strategic thing. I don't really have a thing in there. But I, it doesn't bother me. It's kind of like that's the question. It's kind of like the boxing thing where all the spotlights mm-hmm. come right in. Or like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Too, for another <laughs> interesting example. Or everybody, the, the spotlights focus on what's going on. So I think it makes sense just from the history of sporting events and television. Yeah, I, I just think that, like, when you're cutting away to the fans, you know, if you if it's lighter, if you can actually see the fans, it makes it look better. Uh, but the other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, college football and traditional jerseys. We really haven't seen that in a long time. Does that bother you? Well, I was watching my Golden Gophers last week, and yeah, they that were, was an wearing, interesting. They the, were, the helmets were unrecognizable. Yeah. I mean, that, that did not it. look anything like, yeah, well, I, and I think they looked like cool jerseys, that's fine, but I don't know who was playing. Like, if you didn't have the score bug up there, if I didn't recognize TCF Bank Stadium, I would have had no idea that was the Gophers playing. I think the, the one thing is you look at teams that have a traditional brand, don't mess with it, right? So Penn State's wearing their normal, Notre Dame's doing a deal. They have, And I know the one time I flirted with that green uniform, 
But I think the ones that don't have trouble, I think people recognize Tennessee, just to use a great example, and Georgia. They go power T, they go the G, they do whatever. Oregon was trying to make a name for itself. That's why they went that route and kind of made it famous. But I think the schools that aren't powers generally try to do that well, more. And you, you hit on the perfect point. Oregon's thing was to do all the different jerseys. So that's Oregon's thing. No one else should do that. That's Oregon. Let Oregon do that because everyone else, it just looks like you're a copycat and it doesn't look like you're you anymore. Yeah, they had pink helmets. Oh, well, I'd probably draw the line there. Yeah, there we go. All right, that was uh, Bucks by Belly Bob or whatever it was this week. Uh, Sandal sidekick back tomorrow. Crazy Coach Thursday plus, 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 whatever. Bobby Lamb. Bobby Lamb. I almost forgot who it was. The head coach, the Mercer Bears. Tomorrow with us on Sandos and the Sidekick. Don't forget to subscribe to us. SoundCloud, iTunes, Twitter. This is Sandos and the Sidekick Buccaneer. Sports Network. <laughs>